Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Please promise me that you're not going to come in absolutely steaming. I saw a video on TikTok recently and I cringed big time at it because it's just, oh, it's just so inappropriate. Push the boundaries in terms of what we could get away with. Hello and welcome to the Say It and Spray It podcast. My name's Justin. Joining me as always, the CEO of Mills, the man with the cans, Mark Silver. How you doing, mate? Yeah, you all right, Justin? I'm very good and I'm very excited because we're talking to someone today that isn't a footballer but has very much been involved in television or football television. Rocket from Soccer AM. Yeah, brilliant. Rocket's a great guy and uh, he's got loads of stories to tell. We we got brought in by Rocket at one of the companies he's working at to create a mural once uh, when England lost in the final to Italy in the Euros and we had the, uh, the penalty misses and we wanted to kind of do a bit of solidarity sh- showing some support for the three guys that got all the stick on social media so he asked us to come into the studios and paint there for their live show that's when I, I first met him and um, he's, he's as funny off screen as he was on screen and growing up for me watching Soccer AM it's part of my Saturday morning routine it's a cult hero show and, uh, and he was a big part of that. And he was always that character that he used to get taken the mick out of and laughed at himself. And I absolutely loved that about him. And um, yeah, when, when we were doing this podcast, I thought it'd be perfect because obviously we're connected to the street art and obviously all the football players that he's got amazing stories to tell of. And that's why I wanted to get him on. Let's get over and talk to him. Hello, Rocket. How are you? Hello, gentlemen. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I think we need to, first of all, before we do anything else, find out where Rocket comes from. Where where does Rocket come from? Uh, Frimley Green in Camberley, Surrey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, the name Rocket, yeah. So um, oh, it's a strange one, really. I So I played in a football team of under sixes, sevens, about that age. And we had seven Jameses in our team. My real name's James. Not many people know that. Some of my real close mates don't know my real name. That's how <laughs> long I've had this nickname. Played in this team. My manager would shout, James. All seven of us would look around and he'd be like, this is a nightmare. It's not working. I'm going to have to give you all nicknames. One lad was a bit of a hard nut. He played like Vinnie Jones. He got called Vinny. I was the quickest in the team by quite a way. So I was quite fast when I was a kid. So I got Rocket. And then there was Jimmy, Jamie, James and so on. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, but those two stuck. Vinny's still called Vinny today, and I'm still called Rocket. So, I actually, That's mad, isn't it? Because like normally nicknames come and go. Like as yeah. you get older, no one uses their nicknames. Your your nickname is your name now. I think what happened because when I joined secondary school, 
a lot of my football team joined with me. So they already knew me as Rocket from the football team. So they were just calling me Rocket off the bat. And then teachers got wind of it. So when I was in trouble at school, it wasn't James that got written on the whiteboard. It was Rocket. And it, that was it. it was just, parents call me it. My wife. Honestly, nobody calls me James. One person calls me James. Well, actually, she calls me Jamie. And that's my auntie who refuses to call me Rocket. She thinks it's ridiculous. So um, I get called Jamie by her, which isn't even my name. Um, so, yeah. It's a strange one. It's I Rocket like Long, right? It's not Rocket, it's Rocket Long. Rocket Long, yeah. <laughs> Is that because they used to put the ball over the top? Rocket, go long. <laughs> yeah, it could be that, or it could be something else. Who knows? Brilliant. It's a bit of a funny name, really. So you, you got into TV at like a really young age, didn't you? I did, yeah. I started when I was 15. All through work experience with the school. My original work experience placement was actually in an ice cream van. I got off for two weeks in <laughs> ice cream van. I was like, oh, I don't know. If I, that's what I want to do. That's what everyone wants to do. <laughs> well, actually, I swapped it with my mate, who was quite a big lad, Dean. He had the best two weeks of his life. He like he came back buzzing. <laughs> two stone heavier. Diabetes. And, um, and yeah, I just... Took it upon myself to write off to. I, I wanted to get the thought of getting into TV excited me. I loved. I loved watching TV. I thought it'd be quite exciting to make it. So I wrote off to ITV, Meridian, Channel Four, Ginger Productions, Sky, loads of them, and only one came back. Sky Sports said we don't normally accept students under the age of fifteen, but we love your letter. I'd put a photo of myself on it, jazzed it up with a bit of colour, put a few of the shows that I like, Soccer and being one of them, and they said come and do two weeks with us. So at fifteen, I'm in the door, sitting in edit suites watching people cut like golf and cricket and thinking, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> it's horrendous. <laughs> it wasn't until the last day that I met Lovejoy, Fenners, Helen, Sheephead, all of the Soccer M crew, and they were coming up with new ideas for the new season. And I offered up some ideas. I said, what about this? What about that? And Lovejoy went, yes, love it. Do you want to work with us during the summer for free? And I was like, yeah. So then I spent my whole school holidays just going in, doing props, sorting wigs, costumes, helping with right gags and challenges and stuff so that's how it all started is young. that what you wanted to do then or you, like you said you wanted to get into tv but was you yeah. always, did you love you love football you love tv that's that's the perfect job right it was yeah that was it and i, I kind of watched soccer m and knew it was a bit mad and a bit off the wall and and i thought yeah I fa- that looks like fun i'll have a bit of that if i can and then luckily last day managed to make tim laugh and he went you're working with us that was the beauty of soccer m tim kind of hand-picked people that he thought he could kind of use and mould and shape and people that weren't shy. At 15, I was quite cocky, I'd say, maybe overly overconfident. And he quite liked that. He probably saw something in me where he thought I might be able to use this kid on telly and doing sketches. And anyone that's up for putting themselves out there, he, he, he bought on board. Right. So that's, that's great. Awesome. Obviously, that shows really what we've been saying that people need to do these days is you got to make yourself stand out. Yeah. And like you said, you kind of coloured in the letter, put yeah. pictures in yourself. They're probably looking at this going, look at this kid's done. And, and it's amazing, like the effort you've put into that. Yeah. You, you know, if someone doesn't get rewarded for the effort they've put in for that, then you shouldn't, you shouldn't get it. One of the things that I did do, actually, that I think got me the callback was after my two after my two weeks work experience. So I'd only been on Soccer M, I think, two days, actually, I was there. I bought them in a big tub of lollipops. At the bottom of the lollipops, I put a picture of myself with my phone number. So they didn't know that until they finished the lollipops. So all the lollies are gone. And then right at the bottom was this picture of me and my phone number. And they went, you've got to get this kid back in. This is genius. And that was it. This is was that your idea or did you see that somewhere? I can't That's remember, genius. actually. I can't remember whose idea. It might have been... Might have been my mum's, maybe, but it was a good idea. And it that's worked. class, yeah. That's brilliant. That is, yeah. 
Yeah, so so right, so you're behind the scenes to start with, right? You're just basically yeah. I don't know, a runner, is that a good way to describe you at that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. work experience, probably yeah. even one lower than a runner. <laughs> okay. But is it fairly quickly that you're starting to be seen on screen then? It was about six months, four four or five months actually, I think it was. Um because I was just making teas, I was being a like a just dog's body, cleaning up edit suites. It was about four months that I made my first appearance, and I remember it so well. We had um, Nick Moran, who was in Lockstock, yes. I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was on. Tim used to do a magic trick. Chorleywood's top light entertainer, he'd call himself. He'd do a magic trick. This magic trick involved a cylinder around the arm, and you had a spike, and you used to put it through, and it, there'd be a little hole that it went through, miss your arm, and come out the other side. He went, look, before we do this magic trick, you know, we always test it on the work experience. We did it with you in the week, didn't we? And I had my arm bandaged. I sat with the fans of the week and um, I went, please, sir, not again. And it was like, and that was my opening line, my first <laughs> bit on the show. Yeah. And then I did it the following week because they liked it with Noel Gallagher. Right. And then I had to say, please, sir, not again. And um, it was from that moment that they started to trust me with a bit more and a bit more. It must be dreamland stuff, though, at 15, to be working with Noel Gallagher yeah. and Nick Moran and all these other people. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Going into school the next day, everyone was like, let's see you on telly. Yeah. I was like, yeah. It was pretty surreal, like pinch yourself moments. It's just uh, it's just the things you're reminding me of now, of the the, the sort of the golden days of Soccer AM, gold dust, third eyes, yeah. all this sort of stuff. It was just one of those things that every Saturday I would watch religiously, even if it was just for that, the weather forecast and stuff, uh, the, yeah. the, the real St. James's Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, topless weather. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> show. It must have been really good fun to be part of. Yeah, it was amazing. Good bunch of guys. We worked hard. See, this is what a lot of people don't realise. They think, oh, you do the Saturday, but what do you do for the rest of the week? But reality is we were the ones making the show. We would we would cut the goal wraps. We would find the clips for Showboat. We would um, scroll through hours and hours of tape just to find this one third eye that one person said they'd seen. Mm. And sometimes we couldn't find it. You know, we like you spend a whole like two hours just looking for this one 10 second clip. And then other times you'd be like, oh my God, this is gold. Like this woman falling down the stairs or whatever. And you'd yeah. be like, we've got, oh this, this is... This is funny. Yeah. They're the kind of things that we're going to miss, like so obviously Soccer AM as a whole, but but there's certain things that you go, oh, I just want that back. But it'll always be referred to, won't it? Because, you know, yeah. someone will be sitting at home and they'll be like watching something that happens. They go, oh, that would have made a great third eye. There's always going to be reference to it. And yeah, it's definitely. one of these shows, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I can imagine one day there'll be a comeback of it. And it, the only yeah. thing is, is it, it just, I don't think it evolved, did it? It kind of, a lot of the stuff was repetitive and that's because people loved it, but mm. it did need to evolve a little bit more. And I probably think that's why it's yeah. come to an end, which is a real shame because as I said, Saturday mornings, you know, my wife's not a football fan, but that was, that was our Saturday mornings for the first two, three years of our married life was spending mm. it watching that. And it got to a point, because obviously the show went on to about 11, 12 o'clock, didn't it? It did, yeah, 12 and that o'clock. Was like, yeah. At that point, you're like, oh, yeah, yes, we've got to get up now. This is a bit, <laughs> yeah. bit mad, half the day's gone. But yeah. obviously early starts, and we spoke about this earlier, Rocket, like you used to have to get up at four in the morning and your mum yeah. and dad driving you there, which was mental. Well, when I, when I first started, the show was four hours long. Not a lot of people remember that. But this was like it was a marathon. Yeah, that was one of the slogans. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's it. Yeah. We had the eight. We had the eight o'clock club, where we used to have people that were tuning in at eight o'clock on the dot, and we'd read out names out of a tombola, and they'd win a prize, and because they were up so early. Um, but yeah, back in the day, and we had we had a tiny little studio. We had three cameras, and the cameras literally had to kind of swing, one eighty, filming the sofas this way, 
And then next there was filming the lockers and we were doing the gags. The studio was so tiny in the beginning. It was a long old slog. And then as the years went on, it got reduced from four hours to three hours to two hours to an hour and a half. Um, and then eventually kind of ended after like 29 years. So a long time, a long time for a, a live TV show to run. The problem we had is with, with the internet coming in, because Twitter, Facebook, they weren't really things when we first started. So we could do the third eyes. We could do the showboats. But as the internet evolved, Everything was so quick. You know, as soon as the third eye's been seen on telly, well, it's been distributed straight away. Yeah. You know, one person's clipped it up. Next thing you know, everybody's seen it. Well, we were then late to the party. Yeah. Everyone had already seen these clips. So third eye had to go. Showboat was obviously, it was always going to stay because people love skills. That ability to be able to show things that people hadn't seen went yeah. with, with the technology and the internet. So. so fans of the week, let's talk about fans of the week. Because Mark, you were on that, weren't you? I was a fan of the week. Yeah, well, I was part of fans of the week. Yeah, that's right. So I uh, I can't remember how it all come about, but it was someone, one of, a friend or someone I knew from ages ago said that uh, I've been invited on to be West Ham fans of the week. Would you like to go on? And for me, like I said, this, this was a dream. To be, to be on Soccer AM was something I always wanted to do. And in fact, at that time... I've got no idea of timelines. I can't even recall when it would be. The only reference I could tell you is that it was for the first. It was the first game of a new season. West Ham were back in the Premier League, so that will help us work it out. In fact, Marlon Harewood ironically scored a hat trick that day against Aston Villa. That's that's how I can remember things. I can't tell you what year that was. We had the weirdest bunch on that show. So we had the, the uh, we had Lee Sharp because you always had a player on there, right? Mm. You join in with the soccerettes and i remember the soccerette sitting on his lap for most of the show and then we had um we had the mighty boosh i had no idea who the mighty boosh was it was the freakiest thing because there was this guy that looked like a monkey that was just walking around yeah and then you had this guy who had makeup on and a big cowboy hat yeah very gothic like and you know the mighty boosh they're just weird characters so i didn't know the show in fact, I still don't think I've even seen one of the episodes. Um, obviously, I know who Noel Fielding is now because he's gone mm-hmm. on to do some some other great things. But it was just a weird, weird bunch. And even the West Ham fans of the week were a weird bunch because I said they were just kind of like people that I'd known. It wasn't like a group of mates or West Ham. It's just odd people that I knew that West Ham fans. And we sat there, obviously, um, throughout the show in, in the Luther Blissett stand, which is great because we've now painted Luther Blissett on the Watford stand. Our things come around. It was just, it was such a weird day. I remember we had this guy called Adam, little guy, uh, really little rocket. And he, um, he he actually used to drive a fake Ferrari. <laughs> he had little man syndrome. He actually done really well business, but he uh, he went out and bought like a Mazda or something and pimped it up to make it look like a Ferrari. Um, and he, he had this real kind of wind up attitude on it. And it, I think there was a point in the show where you see that Helen actually had to pull him aside and says, stop around really? um, which is quite mad considering all the antics that go on the fans of the week they would come in steaming because they'd oh. a lot of the ones from up north we would we'd have to get down in a hotel because we couldn't trust that they would turn up if we didn't book them a hotel so we had to make sure that they were in the hotel friday night before the show they just get on the beers and kind of when i was growing up part of my job was to control the fans of the week so i'd be like <laughs> lads please promise me that you're not going to come in absolutely steaming and they were like no don't worry about it rocket we'll be fine we'll be fine and then they'd, they'd roll in, they'd be stinking of booze, and one of them would be like half collapsed and passed out. I'd be like, no, you can't come on the show if you look like if you look like that. If you're looking drunk, yeah. I said you have to kind of go and splash your face with water. The amount of times that we've like borderline had to kind of kick fans of the week off because they were too steaming. I remember one one fan of the week, I can't remember which team it was, but he was asleep during the show. He'd just gone. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> and I'd like I had to kind of go and take him to the side and be like, here's the 
here's some water. Sort yourself out. We're going to have to replace you with one of the audience members and put him in a shirt. I remember the Scottish fans came down. We had um, we did International Week and the Scotland fans came down in kilts. So they all had kilts on. And this poor soccerette, she's just walking around backstage getting self ready just to come out of makeup. And these these Scotland fans are just like lifting up their kilts, going, hey, have a look at that. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, you can't do that. It was horrendous. This is a Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. It's Saturday morning. See, like, this is eight in the morning. They're all steaming and they've got kilts on and they're flashing. And God, so did you ever have a time where you didn't have fans of the week? I suppose you, you would always have the, the audience, right, that could come in and pretend. Yeah, we all had, we always had about uh, an audience of like 30, 30, 40 people that would come in. But like your point, where you said, Mark, that you were just you were just a group of like mates, but you didn't always know each other. A few had been drafted in. We had that all the time. We'd have a group of Arsenal fans on the show. They'd all be in their Arsenal shirts. And then we'd get emails coming in going, that geezer top right, he's a Man United fan. What's he doing on there? Uh, but he'd obviously got the, the call up from his mates. So he'd come on soccer in, but you have to wear an Arsenal shirt. And he's gone, all right. So the <laughs> amount of time that we'd have emails and people writing in going, that geezer's not an Arsenal fan. He, he's just, he's lying to be on the show. And I'd have to go, look, are you actually an Arsenal fan? He's like, no. <laughs> but by that point, it's too late. You're like, oh. Oh my god! You just don't consider so this. Knew, some of them knew nothing. They were getting tested by Helen, or they were asking questions about new signings. You could see the just a blank expression on their face. I do, I do remember that happening a few times, but I never, never really kind of crossed my mind that they might be a fake fan. And just yeah, kind of we had loads of fake fans, camera shy, or or just a shit yeah. fan. We had to find eight fans. That's quite a lot. Eight, between like eighteen and thirty age group, all fans that support the same club that have got a shirt. It's just like, it was an impossible task, really. We ended up like with a few ringers and, yeah. Who, who was your team growing up, Rocket? Who did you support? Well, weirdly, I've kind of got soft spot for free teams. Um, my dad uh, used to work, like a lot of your viewers probably won't know who this is, but Phil Parks used to be oh, the West Ham goalie. goalie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Biggest so hands Park, in the world. Him and my dad went into business after Phil retired doing windows. So they've got like fitting windows set up their own commercial. So we used to get invited along when I was a kid to a lot of West Ham games. So I remember watching West Ham as a kid, but my dad was a United fan, Man United. He'd grow, grown up, his brother was United and his whole household was, even though we're Southerners, this was before United were good. So I kind of was like, you're going to be United fan because you watch the games and support together. But then when I went to college, I got in with a group of lads that were Brentford fans. So I had a Brentford season ticket for three years. So I'd go and watch in the days of Lloyd Owusu and all that. I'd go and watch Brentford play because it was right next door to Sky. So I'd finish Soccer M on the Saturday and then I'd just wander over to Brentford, to Griffin Park, and then watch watch Brentford play. I did that for three years. But but yeah, I'd say... Um, I'm I'm an armchair United fan. It's always got a soft spot for Brentford, um, but I probably should have been a West Ham fan. I used to work for a newspaper called The Sportsman. If you ever remember it, but it, it was uh, it was made to kind of rival the Racing Post because uh, the Racing Post was dominating, still dominates that kind of racing world. So they bought this newspaper out and they bought they handpicked like the best journalists from the Sun and and from uh, the Daily Mirror, all these different media outlets, Sky, and they come together. And I remember they uh, they spent an absolute fortune on advertising on Sky Sports. So in between every Sky Sports news break, it was them. Probably why it only lasted a year, but it was it was the funniest year of my life. And I never worked weekends, but I had to work weekends on this one on shift. And uh, it was the only job in the world where it cost me money to go to work because you go to work and obviously it's all betting. So they tell you what you need to bet on. And you used to look around and it was just screens everywhere with different bets that you could do all around the world. And it was literally on the Fulham Palace Road. And there was a guy that had a two season tickets at Fulham. So he used to go... Do you want to go for for Fulham 
versus Man United at, during our lunch break. And obviously we didn't have long enough to watch the whole game. So we used to go down there and watch the first half and then and piddle back afterwards. That was mad just to just to think. And that's probably just down the road, really, isn't it? It's not far mm. at all. To watch watch a Premier League football match at half time. It's uh, uh during during work. That's quite mad. Talking about adverts and Sky and <laughs> they asked me to be in I don't know if you remember Sky Sports Extra was a TV show, right? A channel that didn't really have much on it. But every now and again, they would show a game or whatever. And back in the early days, I must have been about 17. They asked me to appear in this advert, which was going to be like a holding screen, a holding advert for Sky Sports Extra. And it was me. They put me in a Chelsea shirt and I press a remote control and I get sucked into the TV. And then next thing, my head's on, I'm a racing car driver. I'm playing snooker. So they put my head on like Ronnie O'Sullivan and all these other like sports stars smacking in goals and but that advert ran as a loop on the Sky Sports Extra and I remember being in the walkabout in Guildford on a night out and they've got the, they've got my advert on the big screen just playing on loop and, and people are kind of going yeah is that you I'm like yeah <laughs> just play like it's just so mad that they was random they had it on loop they just had it on loop it was just constant it was just such a bad advert it was funny but it was cringe yeah looking back that must be quite but, awkward actually <laughs> Just yeah, <laughs> it was funny times. When I was on that show, because it was a new season, they used to try and do something new every year and they introduced mm. the Wembley hole. Again, that might help with timing, but it was the word Wembley, which was a big inflatable and there was a hole in the letter B, probably. And it yeah. was tiny. It was literally like, it was like when you go to a fun fair and you've got to try and, you know, knock a coconut off. It's just never going to happen. And it was like the hole was literally just slightly bigger than the ball. And that's my claim to fame. I was the first one to get one through because it Brilliant. was the first first one. And I, fa- I found it not that long ago on YouTube. You can find the episode and then, uh, you know, you get to that part and it's like, I line up, bang it in. And I remember my uh, my football manager at the time <laughs> messaged me after the show. He went, get in there, son. And I, was, <laughs> I wasn't uh, I wasn't the greatest of football players. I was I was the one that used to just run around and stop people from playing. So skills and, and I did score a few goals. But yeah, I remember scoring that one and being very, very proud of it. But that, that was quality. It's, I said I the whole day was so good. I think that Wembley one was the one where Serge from Kasabian flicked the ball up with his winkle pickers and volleyed it straight through and wow. then just walked off, took his jacket off and just carried on walking. Everyone was like, oh. <laughs> That's what you got to do. That's how you celebrate it, right? Yeah, that was class. Flicked it up, bang, straight through. But I think Walk- Wembley was, for, I mean, I, I didn't watch the show for the last few years, but it was there for a long time. And yeah, it was there for about two or three seasons, yeah. And then they brought in top bins, didn't they? The top bins was cool. Yeah, we had a few. But the first one that I remember doing, which was... um it was called uh, Lobster, yes. and I used to come out. As a, I used to come out dressed as a lobster. Yes. That was my first proper gig on the Soccer AM. I wasn't allowed to speak. Well, the only thing I was allowed to say was lobster, lobster, fish, fish, and I'd bring out the balls, <laughs> and then Helen would go, "Right, time to meet. Time to get our lobster boy out." And then I'd come out in this suit where I couldn't really walk, and normally I'd like fall over or had these giant claws. And the idea was that the, the contestants and guests had to chip the ball over some stars, like a wall made up of celebrities, and then into the lobster net. So random. This so random. I remember this so clearly now that yeah, I, I remember. I remember all this. This was literally in bed, sort of bleary eyed. Put put Sky on, put Sky Sports yeah. on, and like you say, you'd be thinking, "Oh, I've got football in a few hours. I just watched this." And there's someone walking around in a lobster outfit. Yeah. <laughs> just so, so great memories. What was the funniest thing that happened on Soccer AM, or your your funniest moment? I used to kind of love it and hate it, the dance-off, right? The dance-off was always funny because you got a bunch of lads that didn't want to dance. In the early days, I would go out, I'd panic, I'd do all my moves in like five seconds and then have another 10 seconds of like panicking. 
not knowing what to do. Yeah, the the boys oh, behind the set, oh, it stunk where everyone's bums were like, squeaking <laughs> bums behind me. It was like jumping out of a plane because each person would like go out onto the dance floor. You couldn't really see them. You can only see a monitor. Mm. And then you kind of you step one step closer to you being your turn. And then it would like another step. And you're like, oh no, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I gonna... Everyone's panicking. Going, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> And then you go out and there'd be a, a lady, like a floor manager behind the camera, just going, right, 10, like giving you a countdown to when your time's up and you move on. But um, yeah, Beangate was funny because Smithy came out, he got the sound man to dump a load of beans on him. And then this Lee, who was a competition winner, came like to to join the dance off, came, he had this routine planned, came out into like a pool of beans, slipped over and then could, just couldn't get up. So for the whole 15 seconds, it's him rolling around in bean juice, trying to get up, trying to stand up. And he can't. And he's got this whole routine planned. And you see the panic in his eyes where he's like, I need to get up and do my routine. But he just couldn't stand up. And I felt so sorry for him, but I was just crying, dying inside. Yeah. Just That was really funny. We once got this um, stadium made of Lego. Helen, Helen had um, Stanford Bridge and she was showing the camera. And in her ear, our director said, Pu- pull it up so we c- can't see it on camera. So she- as she's pulled it up, it slid off the plate that it's on onto the floor and just smashed into a thousand pieces. And I saw the guy's face who made it, just he just went white. His mouth just dropped. Like this was his thing that he'd been working on for the last three months. And it just <laughs> completely, and she was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That like Those moments that are just unplanned, yeah. live. Yeah. They, they are always the funniest bits. Are you still in touch with any of the guys from Sakai and them? Head and team? Yeah, I, still and speak to, I still speak to Smithy. I speak to Chris, who was Jump Out Man. He used to, when the Soccerettes would say they were single, he would jump out with his shirt off and go, yeah, <laughs> and run off. I still speak to Chris. So he's a good mate. Um, I speak to Tubes every now and again. Helen, I'll drop a message to once in a while. I've not spoken to her for a bit now. But yeah, the last I heard, she was um, selling um, dog beds, like beds for dogs on the on the, on the market stall. Right. Oh, right. That's, wow. what, that's what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she's still doing that, but she got into a bit of equestrian, like doing the horses, selling horse gear and because she loves her horses. But yeah, I still speak to a few of the lads, not as many because obviously everyone's just so busy. I've got two two kids under four, so life is hectic at the moment. It seems so natural now that you've got a, a female presenter on a football show, but that she was a yeah. game changer, right? Because yeah. all of a sudden you had this this woman on there that's talking about football, which was a bit weird. That wasn't normal. Now it's completely normal. And actually, the fact is her football knowledge was far superior than most oh, people. Yeah. It was just absolutely incredible. She was good. She was a great presenter, Helen Wells. I think she she was the best. And that's why she lasted so long. Because she knew her stuff. She was a proper Torquay fan. She would go home and away. She got so many speeding tickets for trying to make games. <laughs> she lived it. She loved it. Loved, lived and breathed it. And she knew so much about lower league football. The strange thing is... I don't know if you know how she got the job, but um, she started off as a red coat at Butlins, being like a kids entertainer. Then she managed to get herself onto Nickelodeon and she was presenting kids telly. And the head of Sky Sports was with his kid watching Nickelodeon. They had a caller on who was, and she, she Helen went, right, which team do you support? And he went, Tottenham. And she knew who the Tottenham keeper was. And the head of Sky Sports went, we need to get this girl on. We need to get her. She knows her stuff. And that was the moment that she got the call up for soccer. So she, she didn't have to stick a picture of herself in the bottom of a lolly no, jar. She didn't. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I remember her doing some fire breathing or something once on the show. Yeah. She? She did, yeah. Oh, she had skills. Yeah. Yeah, she, that was like once a year, Helen would come on and she'd dressed all in like these leather trousers and a little leather top. That's it. And she'd come out with like all these lights and smoke. And yeah, she'd do the fire show where she'd like run the fire up and down her arms and stick it in her mouth. And yeah, like unbelievable. That's the the random thing about Soccer AM, isn't it? Like, let's just say she's got a random talent. It's like you can always find a way to show that on that show. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Lovejoy used to be able to spin the ball on his finger. So he'd come out every show with the ball spinning on his (laughs) finger. And he'd be like, hello and welcome to Soccer AM. When when I saw him do that first time, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I've got to learn it. And now... I'm I'm probably better than him at it. Brilliant. Is this going to be on camera? Just for you, lads, then. Look at that. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, that's skills. Well, that's yeah. practice. You just literally practice that. Just practiced it. For, I had a little Man United football rub on. I just used to spin it and spin it until I had a blister on my finger. It just clicked one day. And now Did I that f- him off that you was better than him? <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His other skill, of course, was walking like a, on a catwalk with the soccerette because he was a professional model, of course. There were two catwalk songs. It was Express Yourself and then it was Mr. Big Stuff. That was it. Yeah, Mr. Big Stuff. That was it. Oh, Who do yeah, you think yeah. you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Man, this, just, are, yeah. this is taking me back 23 years or so. This is brilliant. I'm loving this. That, that got me into NWA. That's weird. Like, yeah. Soccer AM got me into NWA because of that song. I absolutely loved it and then just milked it, played it over mm. and over again. But you can't have that song coming on without, yeah, Mr. Big Stuff. You can't have it without walking and strutting your stuff, no, can you, no. really? The Soccerette thing probably wouldn't fly these days, would it? Or would it? I saw a video on TikTok recently and I cringed big time at it because it's just, oh, it's just so inappropriate. Back in the 90s, when you had the lab mags and your zoo and your nuts and it was all kind of just a bit of fun and then you kind of, it was, it, you get away with it. But now I look back and I'm like, how did we, how did we get away with that? Mm. You know, you've got Tim like going, oh, and he's got the soccerette stood next to him, and he's like, oh, what's that mark on my shoe? And he'll bend down <laughs> to pretend to like, and he'll, look, and he'll look up my skirt, yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> that was it. Tim, you can't. <laughs> like, oh, there's so many clips now where I'm like, yeah. oh, that is so bad. What are we doing? What yeah. are we thinking? It's very much along, it was... the, along the lines of Vic Sorry. Reeves rubbing his legs on shooting stars and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It was a bit yeah. kind of, it's you know, carry onish or whatever. Yeah. I don't think it would fly now. It, it was definitely different times. I think a lot of it might have been different times. There was always one one bit that I remember, and I thought, oh, this is so bad. We, um, we had Charlotte Church and oh, yeah. Gavin, uh, Gavin Henson on the show. And um, it was when they were going out with each other. So the rugby star, Gavin Henson, they just, they'd kind of only just been going out with each other. And we did an army sketch where we all came out as army. Like It was like a, a pretend war zone. And we were like, there's bullets, sound of bullets. And we're coming through the doors and smoke. And there's like people on stretchers. And we're doing all these gags and then running around and going back around the set and coming back through again later as a different character. And I remember Fenners came out and he had a walkie-talkie. And he's, Gavin Henson's on the sofa, right? And Charlotte Church, I think, was there as well, maybe. Anyway, and he's like... Um, Gavin, H- Gavin Henson, Gavin Henson. And then 
is like Charlotte Church. He keeps saying Gavin Henson, Charlotte Church, Gavin Henson, Charlotte Church. Did you roger that? And the whole thing <laughs> is like, oh, oh. it's just Saturday morning telly. Like, what? <laughs> did you roger that? That's so bad, isn't it? But yeah. all pretending it was just like he was talking to someone yeah. on a radio. Bad. Yeah. We're not seeing these days again. They're gone. They're gone. I think. Push the boundaries, yeah, <laughs> to the extreme. I think. I think I remember you saying, Rocket. I don't know if you said it to me or you. You said it somewhere publicly, but you. Was, I read it up the other day, actually. So you. You were saying that if Tim wasn't pushing the boundaries, then he didn't feel yeah. there was going to be a show. You had to keep crossing yeah. the line. Yeah, we had. He just wanted us to, um, you know, just keep keep pushing not because they misquoted me the lab bible said that i said that, that tim wanted us to be inappropriate it wasn't he didn't want us to be inappropriate he just wanted us to try new things push the boundaries in terms of what we could get away with we he wanted to be risque he wanted us to be the conversation uh, topic of conversation down your local pub saturday afternoon you're going down the pub you're chatting to your mates what you're talking about you're talking about did you see soccer end this morning did you see this clip did you see that gag did you see this sketch whatever it was he wanted to be the, the topic of conversation down the pub. And majority of the time, it worked, you know. Look at the popularity of Save Chip. Save Chip Save was a guy Chip. who wasn't allowed to watch football. His missus, Sarah, wouldn't let him watch football. So we started a campaign, Save Chip, don't let Sarah win. We put, had posters and we would send out packs to people who wanted them. And then we'd see him at games. We'd see him up behind TV, like poster on EastEnders set. Like it just went, it just went everywhere. And then my one of my jobs at that time was to clip up all the clips of the save chip. So if we'd seen it at a golf tournament, I'd have to go and try and go through the rushes, find the shot where this guy would in the background with a big save chip banner, and we'd have like 50, 60 a week. And we'd be like, right, save chips really taken off. Here's the ones we spotted this week. And then we'd run a, a montage of all the save chips, and it it really blew up massively. I remember this. I remember this clearly. I remember seeing yeah. them at games. Yeah. Don't let Sarah yeah. win. My God. That's it. Another thing that we did, which I was proud of to be a part of the team, was we got the star on the England shirt. England didn't have a star on the England shirt for ages. And obviously you get a star when you win the World Cup. So we campaigned. We like we wrote off to the FA and we said, look, we need our star. Where's our star? And for about six weeks, we banged on about getting the star on the England kit. And then next thing you know, bang, we got the star on the England shirt. I remember it. I remember Because who was it who had it originally? Was it Brazil or someone? A lot of the countries had them. But we didn't have ours for some reason. Yeah, that's it. And I, I don't know how that got missed. But yeah, next that, thing you know, we got to start. So. Remember it clearly. Oh. The only thing you didn't get away with then, because you said, like, you know, see what you can get away with. Is there any time that it backfired, got in trouble? Yeah. There were a couple of times where we pushed it a bit too far with the in innuendos, I think. I think Tim got called into the boss's office a couple of times and was told to rein it in a bit. We had, I can't remember the footballer's name, but we had a footballer on, and his English wasn't very good. I think he was an African footballer. He came on, bear in mind, this is like nine o'clock Saturday morning and we've got him on the sofa we've said so how is how you find it in, in England obviously it's very different to, to you know your home country and he's, he went yes you know I talk to the lads and they say it is okay to say f off <laughs> what are you doing everyone looked at each other and it was after that moment that they gave Soccer M a five ten second delay yeah so prior to that it went out as it was, but then we we got too many guests on that was the swearing and I couldn't believe it when he said that. Everyone's face just dropped because we had we couldn't cut it out. Like yeah. it just went out. Yeah. Helen was like, uh, "Now we have to apologise to anyone that heard that." You know, um, obviously the language barrier is difficult, and so it was moments like that where you're just like, "Oh no, Heart <laughs> what's he done?" Yeah. <laughs> I used to love actually having guests on that were celebrities that weren't football players. So when you had a celebrity fan on it 
and you just like it's really weird to see somebody that's I don't know from a movie or something and they happen to be an Arsenal fan or something mm. like that I love seeing people associated with football clubs there's some great famous fans isn't there I know Liverpool have got some amazing ones that they've uh, they've claimed over the years um, Samuel Jackson and people like that mm. uh, whereas with West Ham I always remember it was David Essex <laughs> David <laughs> Essex was our was our celebrity fan although they've got I think Russell, Russell Brand yeah. yeah. James Corden there's yeah. a few of them Chesney Hawks is the Chesney Hawks is the real West Ham fan is the yeah. but it's, it's funny when you see celebrities that are associated with them sometimes it puts you off them a little bit doesn't it if they support the yeah. team that was the good thing about Soccer AM is that we because we grew quite quick we ended up having these super fans contact us saying I've got I want to be on Soccer AM and I remember David Hasselhoff wanted to be on Soccer AM he, he asked we didn't, I don't think we even ended up paying him a fee he just wanted to come on because he enjoyed the show and he'd seen it from America and it was yeah just like really weird like Kevin Hart came on big big names in, in the end just asking to come on the show and I think that was because just for their love of football you've got Elton John as your celebrity fan that's, that's pretty good well right? we, we have got apparently Jerry Halliwell although I don't think anyone's ever seen her there Vinnie Jones I think goes occasionally but yeah we haven't got very many celebrity fans to be honest we're not a very fashionable team and that's the way I like it I like being part of the unfashionable teams for me it was always people like Ian McCulloch coming on you think Ian McCulloch of Echo and the Bunnymen talking about football I've got to watch this because you just don't associate him with being such a sort of almost sort of dour man you don't actually imagine him enjoying football that's that was for me the guests I enjoyed seeing on people like him thinking this is great these are great memories you're bringing back here Rocket this is just Uh, absolutely it must have been so much fun to be part of I mean at 15 as well this is just dream stuff It's, it's got to be Great. How old was you when you when you moved on from there then? Thirty six. Wow. wow, man and boy, fantastic. Double your lifetime. Yeah, you up on the show. You were there till the end, right? Not till the end. No, um, I've been out of soccer for the last six years, right? Six seven years. So, right. um, so yeah, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't there at the end. I left when Helen left actually. So Hell's Bells, she left, and then I thought oh, it's just my time. I'd been there so long, but I wanted to put into practice what I'd learned throughout those years because it was the best like apprenticeship I could have ever wished for. I learned so much. I didn't go to university. I went to college and straight out of college, I got a job at Sky and then just kind of worked my way up the ladder, really doing props and being an editorial assistant, assistant producer, associate producer. And then I kind of hit a ceiling. I'd, you know, I'd had all the opportunities that were going to come my way. I'd, I'd learned as much as I could. I felt like I was treading water a little bit. You know, I wasn't learning anything because if anything, I was regressing. So I was like, it's time for me to, to go and spread my wings. And then I joined Joe Media. So I was the head of football at Joe Media for a bit and then went to Snack where um, I worked with Mark doing the murals. And then um, and then I got headhunted for Mola. So Mola, an Indonesian company, branched out into the UK and Italy, their own Como Football Club. Yeah, they've, I'm in there as their head of production, so producing a lot of different shows. Got a show with Dean Saunders called Soccer SOS, which will hopefully go out soon, where he has a week turnaround a struggling Sunday league team, which is very funny. Goes in, watches them on the Sunday, gets introduced at full time, two training sessions to try and put things right. And these teams are like, they've lost 20 games in a row. <laughs> so he has to really work his magic, go back to basics. Pub Talk, another one with Alan Brazil, Ray Parler, doing that one where we've had Vinnie Jones, Piers Morgan, Noel Gallagher, loads of big names where we talk about mental health and like their highlights and lowlights. Uh, and yeah, I've been really enjoying it. And recently I've been doing the MMA Fight Academy. So I've kind of switched sports and I'm now doing a lot with the MMA, Cage Warriors. So I've spent the last three months in San Diego filming a TV show, MMA Fight Academy. And um, that will hopefully be out in the next six months. But they take take fighters from all around the world and they've got three months of intense training. They feed them, they pay them. And then at the end of the three months, they have a fight. 
if they win their fight, they then get a pro contract with Cage Warriors. If they lose, unfortunately, that's the end of the road and we get new people in next year. So we followed that and um, we just had the final fights in Cardiff, which were amazing. This one lad, Jimmy Quinn, knocked out his opponent in nine seconds. <laughs> Cage Warriors scored. He's an ex-diversity dancer. Come from diversity as dancer. So he's got the movement. He's got the, he can read the beats. And he's like, he's honestly, he's an absolute weapon. He's so fierce. That sounds like, is this one a little bit more serious, I guess? Whereas yeah. everything yeah. you've done at Joe, obviously, Soccer AM, yeah. that's yeah. all comedy, wasn't it? It's comedy yeah. and football. It's the perfect tonic. This is a lot more storytelling, tapping into the emotion of it all and the training. And, you know, these boys are living with each other for three months. It's a long time. So, you know, they're missing home and all of that. And we're getting that fairy tale moment where they meet up with their partners that they've been away from. And so, yeah, it's proper telly. Yeah, Go back so. to Joe, you, you were like, pretty much carrying on what you was doing at Soccer M. You was coming up with great ideas to do yeah. funny comedy sketches. I don't, I'm, I'm sure it was you that done this, Rocket. Did you go around Arsenal asking people what it was like to sign this new player and it was like a made-up name and getting their reactions? Was that you? Did a bit of that. Uh, what was it? You was asking them, what was it like? And they literally were like, yeah, yeah, great player. Can't wait for him to get in. <laughs> I mean, that would work now today, wouldn't it? I think what I did at Arsenal was I went round and said, Wenger in or Wenger out and then they would say Wenger out and then I'd say well what about this manager these are his stats and I'd read out Wenger's stats and they'd be like (laughs) and they'd be like oh my god he sounds amazing yeah we definitely have him we definitely have him and then I'd be like well that's actually Arsene Wenger's record they were like oh and then they'd just go white or red and they'd be like embarrassed and be like oh Maybe, maybe we should stick with him then. So that was quite funny. But yeah, the one where I'd do the uh, the fake footballers, it was like, who the hell is he? Like, I'd make up names like <laughs> Paul in my leg and I'd be like, yeah, he's a new track. What do you think of it? And the people, they would just be like, no, he's brilliant. He's a great winger. You know, got a good first touch. They just make up stuff. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> who the hell is he? He's brilliant. Who the hell is he? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is Steven Gerrard and you are listening to the Say It and Spray podcast. I think, Perhaps we might ought to just very quickly talk about murals, Mark, seeing as that's kind of half the brief. So how did you and Rocket get involved mural-wise? Obviously, we, we'd started murals. We were probably about a year into the birth of, of mural walls. I got, a, I think I got an email out of the blue saying, this is this is Rocket. Used to be on Soccer AM. You didn't have to say that bit. I knew, I knew who Rocket was. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm working with a new company now. We've got a show. We, we'd like to talk to you about doing some stuff together. And, um, yeah, the first opportunity I... I went up to where was the offices? Rocket, well, I can't remember. It was um, in like central London. Yeah, it was near Old Street. I'm sure, it's Old Street. And we went and uh, sat down and had a chat. And it was just a case of like, what what can we do? Pretty much what we're always doing. Let's come up with some cool, funny ideas of things that we can do. And it was around the time England were playing the Euros and done very well. Uh, and we got to the final and obviously we lost on penalties and uh, there was obviously a lot of stick going out for for the three guys that that missed it but on the flip side of that there was a lot of people really rallying around and and giving them lots of support and um, naturally it felt like from our position what we do best is to create murals so um, I think Rocket suggested the idea of maybe doing a mural inside the studios which it was crazy because I remember going down there and it, it did feel like a smaller version of Soccer AM. It, it was just carnage. You had people running around screaming, like telling jokes and stuff like that. It was, you had fans of the week, didn't you? Kind of thing going on. Yeah. There was all different people. Yeah. So we had, uh, I got my man JXE in and uh, we painted a mural, which I designed where we literally had a section of the face and we had the three of them coming together. So you had three portraits on one wall because it wasn't a giant wall. And 
as you know, Justin, the bigger the wall, the better we can make it. But this was a bit smaller and it's in a studio. So over a couple of days, we prepared this and it revealed on their live show. And that was a live show, wasn't it, Rocky? It was, that's how it went out. The original idea was to um, spray a different mural every two months. So every two months, we'd we'd get the fans to vote and we'd, we'd put a different legend on. But the boys did such a good job with this one that we couldn't spray over it. We didn't want to ruin it because it was just brilliant. It was uh, Sancho, Saka and... And Rashford. Rashford. It was a nice piece that's up on the wall. And in fact, my son, Caden, came down because we added the um, Snack Media. What was the name of the show? It was called Football Terrace. So I think it would have been Snack Media or Football yeah. Terrace logo. So I got a stencil cut up and... Give me sport, was not it? Yeah. Give me sport. That was it. Sorry. Give me sport. And my son um, sprayed that on for us, but she loved being part of that and seeing the show. And we were standing there watching it while it was live. It was brilliant. And the guest of the show was Marlon Harewood, which was great. Yeah. So for me, being a West Ham fan, I, I had actually already met Marlon. Someone had introduced me to him and uh, I met him just after lockdown, really, during COVID. Um, obviously, there weren't much going on for anyone. And uh, I got introduced to him. I went up and met him and Nash had done a drawing of Pablo Fornell celebrating uh, saluting with one of his goals that he scored and we kind of done a little competition and Marlon put it out on his social media he had to post it out to the winner I think it got lost <laughs> don't think the guy that got it uh, ever got it really so I knew him already and then obviously getting him to be on on this show and it was so nice for me to to go and say hello to Marlon who already knew who we are and obviously since then followed our journey even more so so that was my first real connection with a West Ham legend we spoke about it the other day Justin talking to Bobby Zamora yeah you know, how, how mad it is for me when I used to watch these guys on the terraces and just be in awe of, of these guys. They were my heroes. And uh, and now we're sitting here chatting to them on a podcast. And, you know, all these things are connected and all aligned, especially in football. Have you seen any other bits of uh, artwork that Merwes have done, Rocket? I've seen loads, yeah. Well, when I was doing my research into who to get in, all, all um, Mark's work popped up. And it's fantastic. Gets a lot of love, doesn't it? It's um, you did the uh, Gary Neville one recently, didn't you? Yeah. Did you do that? So on the overlap, that was hilarious. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the only frustration with that is we've done it in January. It was freezing. We had about two days yeah. notice to do it, and obviously we we you see the banter that goes on in that show, and yeah. we, we just thought this is going to be brilliant. When they said, "Can you paint Gary Neville next to Jamie Carragher's mural in <laughs> in Bootle? Are you serious? Like you don't you do realize that this is going to get the face before you've even done the show. So we literally had to paint it as late as possible. So we waited really late to the night, started working on it. We then parked the van literally right up next to it. It was almost scratching the wall just so no one could get to it. But even obviously when we're doing it, wherever you are in Liverpool, people pop out. As soon as murals pop up, someone's coming out going, what are you, are you painting? Who are you painting? Obviously, we tried to keep some down low, and there was people walking past. Is that Gary Neville? <laughs> <laughs> and we and, and and we had to explain to them. We said, "Look, because yeah, everyone knows Jamie in Bootle, yeah. they all know him. Everyone's Jamie's cousin. You speak to yeah. someone in Bootle, and they're like, yeah, Jamie's my cousin.' And then when he comes down, you see him asking for his photograph, and and uh, we're always having a joke with him about that. But it's quite funny. So we, we had to say to them, "Look, can you um, do you mind just don't tell anyone about it? Because if you tell someone, everyone's about it. This is a secret. It's for a laugh. It's yeah. not staying here. It's going to get the face. It's going to get painted over." Yeah, I, I think I remember this guy went, "Yeah, no problem. It's, it's between us. I won't tell anyone." Twenty minutes later, there was about seven of them coming out, going, "Are you painting Gary Neville?" <laughs> 
and uh, you're trying to hide what you're doing. Right. It was really tough. So you had to. We ended up telling pretty much everyone in Bootle what we were doing, even though it's top oh, secret. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I think Carragher got a call when they said these guys are painting James, uh, Gary Neville next to your mural. Oh, uh, so bless him when he came down. He um, he pretended he knew nothing about it, but I think yeah. he did. I think he did know what was going on. You know, you don't normally get a brief where you have to paint a mural someone and then you have to deface it with on their forehead <laughs> um, about 10 minutes later we're not used to doing that so That's that was funny. a nice nice thing to be asked to do in and, and it's funny when you read the comments now because that was in january uh, obviously you know work they've done the live overlap show and it's only now that it's gone out so people are messaging me going oh i can't believe you was with these guys and i was like yeah that was back in january so we had to keep that one quiet for a while but that was brilliant what, what was what was the one rocket that you because obviously when you got in touch with me you must have seen yeah. One or two was well, there one? Obviously, the Bobby Tomorrow one was the first one that I saw and thought, "Wow, that is quality. This is what we need." Obviously, saw the jo- Jordan Henderson next skill school participant. Jordan Henderson, that one was really good. Um, there were there were loads on there that I saw and thought, "Wow, these are amazing." Did you not contact Bobby and ask him to do it? I, do you know what? I think I contacted Bobby and said, "Who did it?" Because at that time I wasn't sure. But yeah, because well, the video shows that he did yeah, it. That was it. That was it. Because the video. It ends with him like spraying a little bit, and I was like, "No way has Bobby done that? That's amazing!" I honestly got me hook, line, and sinker. Well, but yeah, unfortunately, then... the podcast reveals that it wasn't him because Rio Ferdinand still believes to this day that it was him. Apparently, um, <laughs> it was well done. To be fair, he's gone along with it. It was it was based on the uh, question of sport. You talk about iconic TV shows. It wasn't laugh out loud, but there was that that one scene where you had to guess who the player was. I always remember that. We we created that where you could just see glimpses of. Bobby from different angles and you didn't know who the artist was it was a mystery artist and then at the very end he he revealed by pulling his mask off and he took his mules cap off and it's West Ham legend Bobby Zamora Rocket this has genuinely for me been an absolute pleasure talking to you You brought back some great memories of TV from uh, from a a little while ago and it's been really really funny Uh, I've really enjoyed it thank you so much for coming on this Say and Spray It podcast thank you for having me guys best of luck days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 